Hey everybody, I'm Micah Rich. And I'm Olivia Kane. And welcome to week five of, of the, the Weekly, weekly Typographic, typographic Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, I can't believe it. that was super cheesy. That was but the first time. That was I've literally never gotten that before. I know, it's incredible. <laughs> uh, so we are joining you this week um, with not much news from the league, to be honest. You know, we've been working on some stuff behind the scenes to get ready for the class, but... Um, other than that, I think we're just sort of excited. Uh, we're in the middle of the day today on Thursday and recording um, in a sweet hotel in where? Where is this? No Soho. Hotel? Soho. Yeah. yeah, I know New York. <laughs> uh, but we have a bunch of cool links that we found this week. Some about uh, fonts that have been released, which are super cool. Some about design in general. Uh, some trends of design, stuff like that. Yeah. So um, we'll get into it. The first link I wanted to talk about was the Medium article that's been passed around the internet a little bit called 2017, the year of the blob. (laughs) So what is the blob? You guys know the blob. Once you see the blob, you know what the blob is. Wouldn't you say it so? Uh, yeah. I mean, there's at the beginning of this article, there's like uh, a dozen references to designs of, of this trend of kind of like illustrating with blobs of color. Yeah. Which is legitimately a thing that I have seen so much of in the last few months. Just like least. think of amorphous shapes. Maybe with a gradient mesh involved. That's what that's the actual tool you can use on Illustrator to make like really amorphous blobs like these. Um, but they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, but kind of what was interesting is like the we were talking about kind of like the insights as to like why the blob is existing. And this kind of walked you through it a little bit. Yeah, I guess I, I thought it was neat because uh, it referenced kind of the last trend that was a huge deal in at least UI and like web design, um, which is flat UI, right? Like we went from skeuomorphic Apple to super flat, hard boxes, everything flat, 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 flat. And, and the reference here is that it's kind of similar to uh, 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 an art movement, right? Yeah. Designers kind of got bored of that that past thing that everybody had doing and wanted to go in the opposite direction and started making these graphs, which uh, I think, you know, the, in this article sort of describing eventually stopped turning into graphs and just turned into illustrations of graphs uh, and then eventually just straight up illustrations. Yeah. And if you want like an immediate visual of a blob, think of Siri when you hold down the app, the home button on your iPhone those bunch of blobs show up. Yeah. Bunch of beautiful toned amorphous shapes. Um, and I think it's really interesting why you're saying that it's kind of in opposition to like the flatness. And I want to talk about this later in the podcast too, but um, it's kind of like an attempt to bring some warmth and like organic matter into the internet, which mm-hmm. is often referred to as like kind of cold compared to like graphic arts in the past, which has all been like print physical things. Our experience with reading, our experience with digesting information is kind of in this digital sphere. And I feel like it's an attempt to kind of imitate what's outside of the square screen that we're viewing this all in. Yeah, like the the web is kind of naturally a very structured yeah. uh, medium. Because, exactly. I mean, the, the structure of how you make it is a concrete structure, right? Like yeah. HTML tags. 
Yeah. It was designed to be more like a textbook and we have gone crazy with it, uh, you know, in the last 20 years. <laughs> but uh, this this is kind of, I think you're right, like uh, a way to try to bring some of the fun that you have with print back into the web. Yeah. And I mean, you can speak more to this than I can because you're doing web stuff all the time. But when you when you saw the headline, the year the blob, did you know what they were talking about? Because I knew what they were talking about. I'm <laughs> oh, curious I actually if you didn't. do. No, I had no really? idea. I had to read this article to be like, oh, my gosh, this is so true. I, you know, I also I don't follow trends, which makes yeah, me sound so cool, that, but it's just that I'm unaware. It does make you sound cool. Uh, the reality is that I'm unaware of <laughs> trends. Um, but I also I like that this is kind of teaching me about uh, art history now. Yeah, I kind of I enjoyed that aspect to it as well. Like, I think there are lots of articles being like, what's the biggest trend? Like, what's trending in UI? But I think it's interesting that there's more of like a psychological aspect to this. Mm -hmm. And um, it does kind of take you through the like design history of the web, which we are going to start having like design history of the Internet, which is going to be super fascinating. So weird. We're just going to be on way like, have you been on Wayback Machine? Yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. And like even looking at that, I'm like, oh, my God, so much I've taken for granted as to how the web has come to look like what it looks like now. I think I actually looked up Wayback Machine recently for the league site. And was shocked at how yeah, we not did. different it was. <laughs> no, it's great. There's refinement, but but in general, you know. So much refinement. I'm a big fan. So No, but I you know, I was never really great at art history, so it's it's kind of interesting to have like a relevant context. Yeah. Currently. More contextual than, you know, I don't know, some of the more typical art history examples. But um yeah, I like just really enjoyed kind of reading that. And just really interesting. And I'm not like, I'm not reading up on design trends that often, but when there's something pretty like intriguing, definitely want to take a look. So the next one I want to talk about, just a quickie, 10 tips on typography and web design. I thought this was like just good, healthy stuff. <laughs> this, uh, this is from uh, Marvel, which is a tool, not Marvel superheroes, but Marvel, the app, which is like a tool for, uh, mock-ups and, and uh, interactive wireframes and stuff. And so they sometimes post on design because it's relevant. And, uh, you know, I mean, this is like one of those things that uh, we've probably all heard all of the pieces of advice here. Yeah. But I like being reminded of fundamentals like this. And, you know, if you're, if you're kind of new um, to design in general, I think it's always good to to hear quick tips like this that are useful, you know, like limit line length, uh, limit the amount of fonts that you have different fonts that you're using, uh, some tips on typeface sizing. Yeah. Kind of I really enjoyed it. And it did make me think once again to, um, the article we had a few weeks ago, um, discussing Twitter and how the 280 character mm. limit length has been making things less legible because the formatting of the letting for your Twitter posts is not necessarily accommodating yeah. the length of the um, of the snippet of words. So I don't know. I mean, I just keep on thinking back to that because they have some great examples of really tight letting, and I'm like, ooh, that kind of looks like a Twitter post. <laughs> like, oh, sorry, Twitter. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's true though. I'm sure they have an awesome design team. So if anyone's listening from the Twitter design team, <laughs> just just some constructive care. Just know that we're happy to consult. Yes. 
<laughs> okay, so that was like some cool stuff I wanted to point out. Like nothing much more to say about it than like. I, I love the last one, which is avoid blinking text. Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> That's just fun. I feel like that is just. I love just... blinking text. Really? No, I hate it. <laughs> I was like, I find it so irritating. <laughs> like get out of my face. Okay, um, so that was some of our UI stuff for the week. The next ones are like definitely we're going to go into like the bigger scope of design and then like hone in on some really nerdy font stuff. So just hold on to your horses, guys. Um, So the next one was an article that I really enjoyed seeing. Um, It's called the best design books that aren't explicitly about design. Get your design education without having to read about like kerning and font anatomy and all that stuff. Um, I mean, I I think I fall into this trap. I think a lot of other people fall into this trap. I've heard people talk about it. But, you know, when you're working on design all the time, it's sometimes hard to get context outside of design. Exactly. And that's why I was excited about this post. Oh, and like that's that's exactly what they have in here, too. Um, They kind of have really a variety. There's some stuff um, about like comic books and there's some stuff about architecture and then Edward Tufty? Tuft? Mm, is that? I, uh, I yeah, it. I was afraid of saying it out loud because <laughs> I've always I've always gotten away with writing it. I think it's Tufty, but I someone hopefully can correct us. Yeah. <laughs> so they have some by him. They have someone that was the founder of Pixar. Um, kind of like some more like larger, bigger idea design writings, and then writings on how to think. Um, and then this one I'm really actually interested in reading. It's called The Mezzanine. And I love that it was in this. It was recommended by Michael Beirut, who we are fans of. Um, And it says, Baker uses a one-story escalator ride as the occasion for dazzling reappraisal of everyday objects and rituals. I mean, personally, to me, that sounds boring (laughs) as heck. But it sounds so exciting. But, you know, it's all about expanding horizons, right? Yeah. Give it a shot. You read it and you let me know what you think. I will. Maybe I'll do a review. I just like the idea of taking like really ordinary objects and like either finding like the beauty in them or kind of really breaking them down. I just like love things, seeing things that we take for granted and kind of seeing them turned on their side. So you And can, sometimes figuring out why they are that way. Yeah, it's kind of okay. I would compare it to like etymology. So like the origins of like our of the words that we use, except like in a visual design way. Mm, that, that sounds really sense. interesting to me. Yeah. I I'm reading Etymologicon, which is just a book about words. It's a stream of consciousness book about like the origin of words relating to the other origins of words. Oh my goodness. And it's many pages long. That sounds like the kind of book that you put down and you're like, I don't know where in the universe I am right now. It's yeah, it does that a little (laughs) bit, but like, I want to see that with designed objects. I'm interested in that visually. Yeah. Now I'm curious. Are there any of these these books uh, that you have read? No. That's kind of the amazing thing. I was like, oh, I'm sure I've read one of them. Well, I mean, I've unfortunately, I mean, okay, (laughs) unfortunately, that's not fair. I love and hate the visual display of quantitative information. Okay. It's a beautiful and fascinating and dense and overwhelming book. We've talked about it before, too. We certainly have. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And Understanding Comics, actually, is one that I have read. Oh, it was a long time ago. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, this is such kind of a good book. Really? Yeah. I should read that. I'm friends with like a lot of people that are really into comics and I just don't, I don't know how to even talk about them. I feel like I have a few uh, 
old friends who now make comics for a living. Oh. And I don't know anybody who works in comics personally that that doesn't consider this like one of the best textbooks on really. <sighs> Which, you know, comics are a combination of storytelling and graphic design. Yeah. And uh you know, all the, there's there's a million things that go into comics that I think ultimately relate to any other form of design. Oh, definitely. And actually, I want to read this because I remember the New York Magazine, New York Times Magazine, I think, came out with an issue, a magazine that was all comics. Every single page mm. was comics. That's kind of cool. It was super fascinating that all from of these different artists from like 20 different artists and like everything was handwritten. It was really nice. It was just, not only was the visuals really nice, but typographically to see everything in like comic book hand Mm. and like handwritten stuff in like a very. Which you should know is not all handwritten. Yeah. A lot of it's typography, right? (laughs) Right. I mean, like making fonts out of someone's handwriting. There's a foundry, I wish I could remember the name, that does comic book fonts. Oh. Crap. I have. have We'll have to look that up. That sounds interesting. Yeah. No. And they're like very legitimate. They have like 50 different fonts of comic book I can totally see that. That's neat. (sighs) We'll research it. I know the name, but I'll find it later. Um, So yeah, that was just like something to kind of like bring to your table this week and think about. And, you know, if you want to do your holiday shopping, which most of us are, might not be a bad idea to take a look at this. Um, Okay. So next it's like going to be super nerdy font time. So get ready. Woo. There is a font that came out, I think this week, called Oi. (laughs) Oi. O-I. Um, and it is loud and it's meant to be loud and, you know, have crazy personality, just like really chunky. It's a little chunky. bit. Yeah, totally. Right. It's a little bit based off of um, Kazlons, like the the really fat Kazlons and the really big fat faces that have barely any negative space in them. Um, and I just like really. I'm just, it's like, like to me. I mean, not to make it everything about league fonts, but it's yeah. like that plus Sniglet. Yes, like the fun of Sniglet yes. mixed with that historical, yeah, uh, big fat letter context. No, like even I'm looking at the exclamation point. It literally looks like a balloon. Yeah, that's like blown up in two parts. It's really cool. And this, I, it's interesting to hear that the uh references here are actually quite old i I think i just saw something about the 1890s yeah yeah 1845 clarendon Um, from 1845 which is interesting because to me this feels so 70s yeah well it's so funny because so much of like even the 70s and 80s a lot of their fonts were based off of really old skeletons but like also based off of art nouveau (laughs) Mm. like a lot of your like your like 80s retro science fiction like even if you think about the stranger things logo yeah we think 80s right away but those skeletons are based off of like art nouveau early 20th century skeletons which is super fascinating which side note i'm glad you reminded me i started watching stranger things 2 recently yes (laughs) and in like the first or second scene i had to pause it and freak out i was like uh, on the arcade, if you, I'm not giving anything away, but on the on the facade of the arcade, I'm gonna watch was, this again. Just I was immediately this. like, "Oh my goodness, that's new wave!" I know. And I, I messaged uh, Tyler, and he was like, "Oh, I thought I saw that too, but I didn't like take the time to check." We checked. I'm just so excited. I'm that's really so cool. excited. I'm really I mean, excited. For he us. also kind of laughed. He was like, "That." Did not exist in the 80s, yeah. so that's kind of funny. Yeah, but uh, I just love that they use that. 
well, serious type people like will sit through a movie and be like, that's anachronistic, that's anachronistic, <laughs> and like just point out all the wrong type decisions. But which is fine if that's your hobby. Uh, I was just excited to see our stuff being used. <laughs> no, me too. I was more no, excited about seeing our stuff than trying to point out the fact that it wasn't around. When that we- and uh, I think Mr. Robot is coming out soon. Yeah, Mr. Robot's out right now. The season, the new season. Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't seen the new season yet, but uh, I'm told somewhere in that is Lee Gothic. Really? I'm told by someone who worked on it. Is it the credits? I'm not sure uh, because I haven't seen it. I was watching it with my dad like last weekend. So Is it good? I watched the like first two seasons um, and I couldn't finish the second season. So I haven't oh, really been keeping right. up. The first season's spectacular. The first season's amazing. But anyway, uh, that was that was a whole side yeah. tangent. <laughs> Um, On to oi. TV shows. <laughs> right. Oi! We were talking about Oi, how it's kind of like it has crazy personality like Sniglet, but it has these historical references from the mid-1800s, which is neat. Yes. And it's bold and crazy, and I, I love the, the microsite that the, they have for Yeah, us. the microsite, if you look on the corner, top right corner, the Facebook and Twitter icons are like <laughs> in the style of Oi. See, that's that's a little unfortunate because I didn't recognize that that's what those were. Oh, <laughs> you're like, oh, F and T. <laughs> yeah. I, I like it. Which they're really hard to read at that size, Yeah, they too, are. So I barely. honestly just thought they were blobs. No, that makes sense. But <laughs> You're the blob. Um, definitely check it out. Shout out to that cool manicule. I'm really into the manicule, which is like the little finger pointing typographic sign. Oh, my gosh. Is that what that is? That's yes. so neat. Yes. I'm I'm just really into this. I had to share. Um so on the other side of the type spectrum, also beginning with an O and has a very short name, is Og, O-G-G, which um, Bot Review Journal reviewed this week, which I know we're always talking about them. It's because she does such a great job. Man. I know. I know. Uh, so she also mentioned that she might be taking a break for the holidays, which I think you we know, need we to do as well. <laughs> um, you know, we'll kind of let you know what the plan is for that. We haven't talked about it, but... Uh, she just keeps making great stuff. How are we supposed to not post it? I know. I've seen this font before, and every time I see it in use, I'm like pretty blown away. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's very historically grounded. So and very calligraphically grounded, like so much so that like you could use the italic here and you could write it out with a broad edge calligraphy pen. Like I'm serious, like I know- like, I, I want to use that italic to rewrite the constitution. Yes, the me too. It is just so beautifully drawn, so fluid. She's basically saying any context that she sees it in, it always works. And it's not a font with a gazillion alternates. I mean, there's probably a handful, but it just, it takes a different shape in every context. I was just so excited seeing it in so many different ways. Um, I saw the italic mixed in with the Roman, which oh, I'm like so extremely good. obsessed with. This is also like, this is a typeface that I normally probably wouldn't be that attracted to. I think if I saw it out mm-hmm. of the context of, of these uh, samples that she made, mm-hmm. I would be like, that's neat. It's pretty. I can't imagine how I'd use it. But looking at this, like combining it with sans serifs and crazy colors yeah. and some like very historical looking context, some super modern. Yeah. It is fascinating. It's just, it's really interesting to look at. It, like, there's just so much going on in each letter form and each movement in the letter forms are so just calculated and beautiful. And I just am really enthusiastic about this. And so I, I want to not have another article of hers. I know we talk about their stuff all the time, but I really couldn't 
resist so many awesome examples that she found out there that are existing right now in so many bizarre, there's like contexts and colors. Which I, I like that a lot because that kind of opens my uh, sphere of inspiration a little bit. Yeah, right. Because I agree. Like traditionally, if you saw just like one word set in italic, you wouldn't really know what you would even use this font in. But then when you see it in context, and this is why I always say specimens are really like the key to unlocking font knowledge. Mm. Um, you can really see it come alive and see like the absolutely beautiful uses you can use this with and combinations. So... I just like really wanted to bring that up. (laughs) Um, And then last but not least, um, just like a quick article about tips for using script fonts, which was from Mirko. right? Yeah. Mirko posted this. Everybody might not know Mirko yet, but hopefully will soon because uh, we've been talking about having him as a guest just to talk about his process. He's a, he's a designer type designer um, in England. Yes. Which I think is correct. Britain? Germany? Germany? Oh, Mirko, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, oh, gosh. In Europe. Uh, forgive me. Um, but sorry. he's been uh, he's been kind of a, a friend of the leagues for a long time now. Um, gives us a lot of feedback internally and, like, gives us so many good ideas. Yeah. And is such an amazing type design. Also super, I can't wait yeah. to show you some of the stuff that... The stuff he posts that are in progress, I'm always like, oh my God, you have to release this now. This is so beautiful. <laughs> so he he found this uh, <laughs> sweet tips for scripts. And uh, it's a little similar to the top 10 tips of typography that we were talking about uh, earlier. Really basic, but- really quick. But like, honestly, I can't even tell you how many times a day I'll walk past anything that incorrectly uses a script font and it drives me insane. <laughs> script fonts tra- tracked out. I'm pretty sure there's a Tumblr blog just dedicated to like script fonts that have been tracked out. I believe that. It's, I believe it. It's, it's just really, it's it's just tough. I hate seeing it. But, um, but I love like digestible stuff like this where it's, yeah, you know, it's, it's a handful of tips for if you're using script fonts and that's it. Yeah, it's not like yelling at you or anything. It's just like, hey, you're using a script font. Like, keep these into consideration. And I honestly don't use script fonts that often. So seeing stuff like this is just like, yeah, awesome. <laughs> like, if I was using script font, I'd like probably read this before I started using it because I wouldn't want to kind of like mess with anything. I know like a common mistake people make is setting script in all caps. Mm-hmm. Oh, <laughs> it's scary. <laughs> so um, they kind of mentioned that. They mentioned alternates. Um, and just like really specific things in fonts that are really specific to scripts. Um, it was, I think this company, fonts.com is owned by Monotype, it looks like. So yeah. they have a fairly legit type person writing this. Um, and then once you go there, there's like a few other um, articles on what they call situational typography. Um, I know Mirko posted this too, typography for children, um, typography, type on a curve. So definitely- yeah, There's a lot of neat articles on here. Yeah, just like really good, healthy stuff. I think we've posted a few from here before, but I honestly Have can't we? remember which. Okay. Just, you know, every once in a while they'll post a new one. It's hard to tell if it's new because there aren't dates on it, but, yeah. you know, it's it's just like a cool little library of uh, smart articles of how to use type. Yeah, just like really, really helpful. So- That's a good call. Explore to, when you're in there. Yeah, just want to like give that a shout out. Um. There is a few stuff. Some some articles might wait till next week till we can further, you know, really read them and digest them. But um, unless you have anything else. 
No, I think that was it. Just, uh, you know, I mean, thank you everybody for, you know, we've been getting a lot of awesome emails yeah. lately. Um, a lot of tweets and uh, cool tips. And it is just awesome hearing from everybody. So yeah, thanks for being continuously awesome. I know. You guys are like fantastic. The schnaz. The schnaz. <laughs> As Mike okay. says. <laughs> yeah, so that's it for the week then. Uh, I guess we will see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>